Hey everybody, how you doing? Saturday night, hope you're doing good. Lots of stuff going on. We're going to go deep diving into some of the bigger issues that have happened this week. Some of the information you may know, some of it might be brand new to you. But it's real important that we understand the level of corruption that's going on in our country right now. It really is. It's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. And a lot of times people will lapse into, they'll say things like, uh, you know, it's on both sides of the aisle. It's not. I'm not saying that there aren't occasional Republicans that do corrupt things. There is. It's rare, though. Um, the corruption is mainly and almost completely. I don't even like to say mainly because it almost completely is on the left. And we're going to deep dive into some of that corruption tonight, uh, whether it's Joe Biden and the various things going on with him. As you know, um, Hunter Biden's computer was turned in sometime, I believe it was April 2019, was turned into a computer repair shop. And there's been lots of downloaded material. The, the New York Post actually wrote a complete and total argu uh, article over it. And then those who posted that article on Facebook, those that posted the article on Twitter were subsequently banned off of those platforms or limited on those platforms. Twitter is complete and total ban. Kaylee McEnany, White House press, press secretary, had her personal Twitter account shut down. Uh, Ted Cruz had his shutdown. Uh, the Trump campaign had their shutdown over the number two circulating, it's number two or number three circulating newspaper in the country, the New York Post. So a pretty reputable source. But Twitter feels like they need to add context and they have been or that I believe they've officially been subpoenaed now or they voted on them being subpoenaed Twitter and Facebook to come and testify. This country is the country that we're living in right now. I love America, but it's very, very corrupt. It's a very corrupt country. The corruption is coming 95, 96, 97, 99 percent from the left. The the side of the aisle that's burning our country down, killing cops, killing other people looting, rioting, and committing arson and numerous other felonies is all coming from the left. The voter fraud is coming from the left. The dumping of ballots is coming from the left. Registering dead people to vote is coming from the left. And I could go on and on and on. The butchers of the unborn comes from the left. I don't see how any decent person could ever align themselves with the Democratic Party. Speaking of that, you know, you have Joe Biden's vision for America and you've got Donald Trump's and we're going to do our little montage that we put in the middle or somewhere in the last uh, podcast and I just loved it so much I want to do it again you ready Aaron here we go Joe Biden's vision for America there's his right there you get to sit in a circle you get to be distanced and you get to be isolated all by yourself and uh, secured distance secured and isolated there you go now here's Trump's vision Boom. There you go. Biden's vision. Boom. There, these are all different events. Trump's vision. There you go. Biden's vision. There it is. Distance, masked, and controlled. Distanced. Let I me mean, look at every single one of his events has those ridiculously stupid circles drawn around each and every of the 12 people that come. Trump's vision. There you go. Biden's vision. There it is. There, every event circle. I mean, I just want to say Christians out there that are wearing masks, conservatives that are wearing masks. And I know they have to wear them at the Trump events. I get it. And for their, you know, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't just wouldn't go. But is this your vision for America? Is the, you, you know, the company you keep is who you are. 
Bad company corrupts good morals. The people, if you're a mask wearer or social distance person, a pastor who's uh, making his church social distance, know who you're in alignment with. Right there, Joe Biden. Look at his look at his campaigns of campaign events. All right, back to Trump. Here's Trump's vision. All right, back to Biden. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Who in the world would ever live like this? Man, this is a final. We finish it off on a Donald Trump tweet. Joe Biden's rally, zero enthusiasm. And you know, I watched a uh, just some. It was on the. It was. I, I'm not watching any professional sports on purpose, but I just caught a clip of. I was watching. Uh, Fox News, they do Facebook uh, news updates. So I happened to stumble on one of those. And they showed the Tampa Bay Rays and whatever playoff game it is, right? I don't know. I don't even know what's going on. But they showed it, and I saw the, the game. And this is in a playoff game, and I, I'm not sure what state it's in. But the Tampa Bay Rays, they're playing, and I saw the person come in with the, you know, scoring the winning run or whatever. I looked up into the stands, and they have those goofy cardboard cutout people in the stands. I just, I cannot, I cannot get behind that. And I'm just urging you to not get used to this garbage. That is what they want. That's what Bill Gates wants. That's what Gutierrez from the UN wants. That's what Biden wants. That's what Kamala Harris wants. That's what the Democratic Party wants. Don't get in this. Those that are want to usher in a new world order, a one world currency and the mark of the beast. That is what they want. And just don't get used to that garbage. I mean, I want you to think about how ridiculously stupid it is to be playing a baseball game in an empty stadium or an empty arena with cardboard cutout fans. Think about how stupid that is. But here's the problem. I will bet you right now that Americans are getting used to it. Don't let that be you. Our only hope are people like you and me. Right here, I, I kind of call this in the back of my mind when we're doing this podcast, which is right here at my church, Foundation Church, by the way, 3385 South Access Road, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. Be here tomorrow, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. But in my mind, I call this, you know, like the southernmost lighthouse in America, outpost of freedom in America. Yeah, there you go. Throw that up, Aaron. Look at I mean, look how stupid this is. Look at the backs right here. I mean, this is this is right out of Pink Floyd's The Wall. This is right out of George Orwell's 1984. Look at us. I mean, this is scary stuff. And if you're sitting there strapping masks on and you believe in all this COVID crap, this is this is your fault. You, I mean, this is pure garbage that anybody let people get. The only reason why they got away with this is the majority of people, starting with the majority of churches, caved to all this COVID garbage, which we're going to deep dive in tonight. All right, now let's go with some, uh, we'll start off with some Biden. We had a town, we had the dueling town halls on Thursday night, which uh, eclipsed the first hour of my podcast, but we got some good numbers at the end. But we had the uh, dueling uh, town halls. Uh, Trump was on NBC and Biden was on ABC. And I went through, this is from American Voices, and this is some lowlights from the Biden town hall. Play it for me. He said, I would not get into court packing. I would not pack the court. That's not what you're saying now. If I had answered the question directly, then all the focus would be on what's Biden going to do if he wins, instead of on is it appropriate what is going on now? 
I have not been a fan of Pat co uh, court packing because I think it just generates what will happen. Every whoever wins, it just keeps moving in a way that is inconsistent with what is going to be manageable. So you're still not a fan? Well, I'm not a fan. I don't say uh, it depends on how this turns out, not how he wins, but how it's handled, how it's handled. Thing. I mean, it depends on how much they rush this. You know, you said so many times during the campaign, all through the course of your career, it's important to level with It is, American but George, if I, if I say, no matter what answer I gave you, if I say it, that's the headline tomorrow. It won't be about what's going on now, the improper way they're proceeding. But don't voters have a right to know where you they stand? They do have a right to know where they stand, and they'll have a right to know where I stand before they vote. So you'll come out with a clear position before Election Day? Yes. Depending on how they handle this. Depending. And vote for a president who think is more in line with you. And if you oppose the right, position, real quick. I, I would not. So there you have, as usual, Joe Biden obfuscating all questions and actually not answering them. Give that next clip ready, starting at 328. He never answers this question either, which is pretty funny because I'll show you Trump's specific answers to this question after Joe Biden obfuscates it as usual. Play it for me. Many people believe that the true swing demographic in this election will be black voters under the age of 30. Not because they'll be voting for Trump, but because they won't vote at all. I myself have had this exact same conflict. So my question for you then is, besides you ain't black, what do you have to say to young black voters who see voting for you as further participation in a system that continually fails to protect them? If young black women and men vote, you can determine the outcome of this election. Not a joke. You can do that. And the next question is, am I worthy of your vote? Can I earn your vote? No. We have to be able to put black Americans in a position to be able to gain wealth, generate wealth. Okay. Back to me. Okay, did you hear any answer to that question whatsoever? In other words, what was asked was, besides your commentary that Joe Biden gave in a previous interview, you ain't, if, you ain't, if you're not voting for me, you ain't black. What answers do you have for the black community? In other words, what are you going to do to help the black community? Well, he gave absolutely nothing. He said, well, it's real important that you vote and that we need to provide you a place to gain wealth. What, what does that even mean? It's a typical obfuscation. Absolutely no answer whatsoever. You know why? Well, look at the black community in every single Democrat-controlled city in the country. Every single. Look at, the, look, at the black, look at the black community in Philadelphia, in Baltimore, in New York. New York, more black babies are aborted than actually born. So that's that's Democratic Party vision. So he gave absolutely no answer, if you notice. Not one. Not one answer whatsoever. Here's Trump's answers to that. Trump, Trump accomplished prison reform already. Barack Obama and Joe Biden allegedly advocates for the black community, which is a joke. They're not advocates. All they do is go bootlick the black community every four years for votes and then do absolutely nothing for them. Trump does prison reform. At bipartisan, cross-the-board prison reform, of which Joe Biden and Barack Obama did nothing for eight years. They have the lowest unemployment rate in history. Black unemployment rate prior to COVID was the lowest in history, same for Hispanics and women. That was brought about partially because of Trump's opportunity zones that he accomplished inside of the black community. And Trump actually funded for the next 10 years, no matter what the government does, historically black colleges and universities. So Joe Biden, could he give any of those answers? You know why? Joe Biden, in five decades, as a senator and vice president, has accomplished absolutely nothing. I want you to think about that. Name one thing 
that Joe Biden has ever accomplished in the history of his career. Not one thing, perfect picture, there he is. Not one thing has he accomplished. He has never, I mean, you really can't name one signature legislation that the man has ever accomplished. All right, at ABC Town Hall, this is part of the same town hall, is another clip. Joe Biden says, Boilermakers overwhelmingly endorse me, but Boilermakers actually endorse Trump. Play that pig for him. I mean, play that uh, clip for me. You said you don't you don't want to ban fracking. As you know, it's an important issue here in Pennsylvania. Not everyone buys your denial. A member of the Boilermakers Local 154, Sean Steffi, was quoted in the New York Times today saying, you can't have it both ways. He says you can't meet your goal to end fossil fuels without ending fracking. What do you say to people like Sean who doubt your denial because they think you, you want to keep that promise? Well, tell them the Boilermakers overwhelmingly endorsed me, okay? So the Boilermakers Union has endorsed me because I sat down with them and in great detail with the leadership exactly what I would do. Number one. Number two, what I would do is I would... So Joe Biden says Boilermakers, uh, for for a large part, primarily, where he says that for the most part have endorsed me. In other words, he's received most of the Boilermakers' support and endorsement. Well, here's the problem with it. Here's Here's a tweet that was put out by Lou Barletta. Someone should tell Joe Biden that here in Pennsylvania, Boilermakers, he claims, are overwhelmingly supporting him, endorsed President Trump. I mean, I mean, it's just truly, I mean, I mean, the lies, I mean, it just never ends with Joe Biden. I mean, the man is a plagiarizing liar. He never stops with the lies. He's always lying. You know, I mean, he, he, I have to give him this. He's a good pathological liar because he actually pulls off. He, he looked convincing. If I didn't know that everything coming out of his pie shoot is a lie then I would actually probably believe him. I'm somewhat gullible, believe it or not. But, I mean, he's just a liar. You know, predominantly the Boilermakers have um, supported me. And then the tweet comes out and says, Boilermakers, he claims are overwhelming support of him, endorsed President Trump last month. (laughs) So it wasn't just recently because that town hall was what? What is the 17th? It was on the 15th. I mean, this was last month. This is weeks and weeks or maybe even over six weeks ago. They actually already had endorsed President Trump. Sorry, pal. I mean, there it is in writing. That's actually it. Not the greatest pick on the bottom. That's actually the letter to President Trump, right? Oh, oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, September second, six. It was six weeks ago, and then the man just seamlessly goes out there and lies on national television and all over digital media without even hesitating. Amazing. I mean, you have to give the guy credit. It's amazing the brazenness of it. And the sad thing about it is, because most people are low information voters. That's why I'm trying to tell you tonight exactly how corrupt this country is. It's a great country. Look at, I've got the flag on. Love America. Wouldn't live it, live anywhere else. I'm, I'm not like Bruce Springsteen. I'm not moving if somebody gets elected. You know, he will never move anyway. I think everyone needs to hold him accountable for that. It all came out on social media that Bruce Springsteen said if Trump gets elected, he's moving to Australia. That's a good place to move right now. It's an absolute Soviet state. But anyway, all right, this is from 770KTTH and Bongino.com from 1016. It's a continuation from something I told you earlier in the week. At least 118 Seattle police officers left the department in a mass exodus. 118. This is this year now. This is this year. And I'll bet you that it's been since the George Floyd debacle, right? I'll bet you right now that's the case. At least, at least. 
at least 118. There's not that many cops in Seattle. Seattle's kind of a big city. It pales in comparison to a lot of other cities. I mean, it's not that big. So 118 lost officers is a lot. At least 118 Seattle police officers separated from the department. The Jason Rant Show on KTTH has confirmed. In September alone, September alone, 39 officers left the force when the typical number for that month is 5 to 7. 39. This is Joe Biden's vision for America. 39 officers left in September. Usually five leave. It's a little different. That's Joe Biden's America. Kamala Harris's America. Even new recruits are leaving. Joe Biden's America. There are now only about 1,200 officers in service for the entire city. The lowest it's been in two decades. That's Joe Biden's America. And even this number is misleading. Many officers are using their accrued sick time as they begin their escape to other agencies or wait retirement. What happens is, cop right here, 1992 to 2017, 25 years and one day I was a cop. Right here, Sarasota County, Florida. And what cops do is over a long period of time, you accumulate vast amounts of leave in different categories. And what they're doing right now is they can take off months while they orchestrate, facilitate getting another job. That's what they're doing. So really, there isn't even 1,200. Who knows how many officers? Maybe 800? Maybe 900? Who knows how many are there? This correlates with the report that I read to you on Thursday. There are less cops now. Now, this just adds to that number. Per 100,000 people in the United States than in, than in any time in the last 25 years. Everybody get that? There are less cops now. Per 100,000 people, per 100,000 citizens in America than there has been at any time over the last 25 years. So we have less cops now than we had 25 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. We have about 214 cops per 100,000 citizens right now. Joe Biden's America. Now let's deep dive tonight. Now a lot of you have heard um, about the whole Hunter Biden thing, right? With his computer. Now what happened was, I'm going to read you the whole story in a minute, but Joe, but Hunter Biden dropped off or had somebody drop off a computer. First of all, strike one in Delaware where he lives. And basically nobody lives in Delaware. I mean, statistically speaking, it's real estate and habitually blue and whatever. But if you put Joe Biden in there, you're collectively ignorant year after year. But anyway, so it was put in this computer. It was a uh, Apple Mac pro. I believe it was was brought into a Apple, an Apple shop to be repaired because it was dropped in a bathtub. Shock of all shocks. Well, it was never picked up. So before we deep dive into this, let me say hey to everybody tonight. See some people on. Let me scroll down. Facebook is working over here, guys. Congratulations to me. Hey, Shira, glad you're on. Hey, Tom, glad you're on. Hey, Andy, my brother in blue, glad you're on. Eric from church, love you, glad you're on. Tom from Arkansas. Yeah, put your where you're from so everybody know who I'm talking to. Rosalie, I always see you. Love you. God bless you. Glad you're on from Colorado. Gloria from Sweet Home, Alabama. Gina, God bless you. Love you from church. And see who else is on here. Hey, Grace, I see you from Orlando. UCF graduate right here. Love Orlando. Hey, Stephen, love you, brother, from the People's Republic of New Jersey. God bless you. Phil Murphy. Whoo. Got to vote that guy out. Hey, Stephanie from church. Love you. <laughs> Stephanie writes, got to stay in your circle from the Biden vision of America. Hey, Holly from Washington state. Jay Inslee, rough state to be in. May need to move. 
Hey, Lisa, God bless you from Canada. Love you up there. God bless you guys. Justin Trudeau. Whew, another rough one. So I'm glad for Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. All these people need to be reelected. Not Justin Trudeau. Hey, Joshua from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Thank you, brother, for watching. Watching Joshua. God bless you, brother. Hey, Virginia. God, Flint, Michigan. Love you. God bless you. Hey, Barbara from Myrtle Beach. Love Myrtle Beach. God bless you. Glad you're watching tonight. Yeah, there's my girl, Bailey, Wisconsin. Love you. Good talking with you on Messenger. Love you. Hang in there. Hang in there. Amen. Hang in there, Bailey. Come on. Hey, I know I do. My wife's telling me, scroll down, scroll down. I am. I'm talking to people. Hey, Lisa, God bless you. Glad you're on. Hey, Vanessa C. from church. Love you. Hey, Jeff. God bless you. Sweet home, Chicago. Yeah, John. God bless you, brother, from Venice Beach. Love you, man. You're always on. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, let's see who else is on. Hey, Susie. God bless you. Maria B. God bless you. What else we got on here? I'm really good at working these devices. Can you tell with my giant meat hooks? Sonny writes on here. Flip-flop Biden. <laughs> That's for sure. Amen. Hey, Deborah F. God bless you. Glad you're on. Greg W. Glad you're on. It's uh, I like what you wrote on here, Greg. It's the Marxist strategy. Attack the police. That's correct, brother. Amen. Esteban from Ohio. Ohio's kind of my home state too from my father's side. Bless you guys. Let's see who else. Hey, Oliver, I love you, brother. God bless you. Hey, Betty, hi, back to you. Hey, guys, I just screwed up the screen. Can you fix it for me? Oh, there, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Told you I'm not good with this. Hey, David from North Carolina. Bless you guys. All right. Hey, Francel, my brother from church. I love you, brother. We will do that lunch. I love you, man. Glad you're on. Oh, let me say hey to uh, from YouTube. Oh, you got YouTube in front of me. Love you guys. Ah, my brother, David B. I love you, man. I love you, buddy. You're my friend. I love you, man. Andy, God bless you. Glad to be on you, Rome. Glad you're on. Hey, Charles W. Glad you're on. Love you. Oh, that's secret. I got you. Love you, Charles. <laughs> Hello. I knew who that really is. Love you. Hey, Ronald, glad you're on. You too. Bob, glad you're on. St. Louis. Hang tough there. McCloskeyville. It's like Kim Gardner. That's the prosecutor there. Worthless piece of garbage she is. <laughs> I don't hold anything back, just so you know. Oh, Eric, you're back on YouTube. Love you, brother. Love you, man. Great seeing you every Sunday. I love you, church fam. Uh, hey, Leah, glad you're oh, from Nokomis. Love you. God bless you. Glad you're on. All right, here we go. Joe Biden, deep dive here. I want to give you the timeline on Joe Biden, just so you know what it is. Joe Biden gets put in charge of Ukraine policy. That way, all the stuff that's coming out to you will make sense to you. And I, you're, some of you, you're like, Tom, we already know all this stuff. I know. I know some of you do. But it disturbed me greatly the other day I was watching Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan didn't even know who Fusion, Fusion GPS was. He didn't know what the Steele dossier was. And this was some, this was a podcast that was in July, I believe. And so that means if Joe Rogan doesn't know, I'm not saying that he's some sort of soothsayer of all the political comings and goings in the United States, but he doesn't know. That means a lot of Americans don't know. So here's the timeline on the whole Hunter and Joe situation, as well as other things with the Bidens. All right, so Joe Biden gets put in charge of the Ukraine policy. Hunter Biden, right after that, 
becomes a member of the board board of what's called Burisma. Burisma is a Ukrainian natural gas and oil company called Burisma. At that time, Hunter Biden gets on the board of Burisma. He gets paid about $80,000 a month to be on that board. Hunter Biden does not speak Ukraine. It's never been confirmed that he's ever been to Ukraine. He has absolutely no knowledge of oil and natural gas. You can work all those picks in. There you go. He has absolutely no knowledge of natural gas or oil whatsoever. Has no idea what it means to be on the board of a natural gas and oil company. Burisma is also known to be corrupt, but he gets $80,000 a month to be on the board. Never known whether he actually went to a board meeting. He has $3.5 million sent to his company called Rosemont Seneca. Two of his partners in business are currently in prison. One of them's name is Bevan Cooney, who went into prison for an investment scheme to defraud. The next one is Devin Archer, who has partners with him at Rosemont Seneca. He just got sentenced to prison for fraud. The owner of Burisma, Burisma now is bankrupt, and the owner of Burisma has disappeared. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Joe Biden repeatedly says he has never discussed Hunter's business. But then, lo and behold, the laptop shows up. The laptop gets turned in, and numerous pictures of Hunter are found on the laptop. Here's one. There's a couple here that you've already seen. The one that I put up that I gave Aaron of him in the car was also found. So whenever you hear things from the left saying that this is a Russian conspiracy, know that the laptop was turned in in Delaware. There's numerous pictures of Hunter on it, numerous accounts of his business practices, pornographic videos of Hunter committing sex acts. So it's Hunter's laptop. All right. So everybody knows. An email, a email to Hunter from Vadim Pazarsky, number three, at Burisma, was found on this laptop. It's dated up to uh, April 17, 2015. Vadim Bazarsky, Vadim Bazarsky is number three at Burisma. Remember, that's the job that Hunter has. He's on the board of Burisma, a natural gas and oil company out of Ukraine, after his father becomes liaison to the Ukraine. Who's that? Oh, that's Vadim. Okay, thank you. Now, Vadim, in this email that was found on Hunter's laptop, writes this. Dear Hunter, thank you for investing, inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet with your father and spend some time together. Remember what Joe Biden has said over the last several years is that he has never discussed uh, Hunter's business relationships at any time. Doesn't have any idea what Hunter's doing. But on Hunter's laptop, Vadim Bazarsky from Burisma says, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet with your father. <laughs> Lies like there's no tomorrow. On a May 2014 email, so about three years before that, to Hunter from Vadim Bazarsky. It states this, We urgently need your advice on how you can use your influence to convey to stop what we consider to be politically motivated actions against Burisma. Let me read that again. We urgently need your advice on how you can use your influence. So back to the, the original uh, email I was talking about, April 2017, a year after that in-person meeting, remember he's thanking Vadim Bazarsky 
is thanking Hunter for arranging a meeting with Vadim Bozarski and the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, one year after that in-person meeting between Bozarski and Joe Biden, set up by Hunter Biden, Joe Biden goes to the Ukraine and does this. Play the video for me. I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone yeah, who you bring was back to me. solid. All right, so on that video, Joe Biden threatens to withhold funds from Ukraine. I want you to think about what President Trump was impeached for. President Trump was impeached for a phone conversation that he had with the current president of Ukraine, asking him to look into what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were doing over there. And what he was, what president Trump was accused of doing was withholding funds until they made a public declaration of that investigation, which he never said, but that's what he was falsely accused of by Adam Schiff and the whistleblower. So what did Joe Biden actually do on tape? He threatened to withhold funds from the Ukraine until the prior prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma, the company that Hunter, that Hunter Biden <clears throat> sat on the board for, he threatened to withhold funds, actually threatened to withhold funds, a billion dollars in loan guarantees, until the prosecutor looking into his son's company was fired. Exactly what they accused Trump of doing, they were doing. Also, I want you to keep this in mind. The FBI had the computer the entire time the impeachment was going on. The FBI, under Christopher Wray, who took the place of the fired, corrupt, worst FBI director in history, James Comey, the FBI had Hunter's computer in their possession during the entire impeachment, impeachment inquisition. The entire time. They could have closed the whole thing down because it shows Joe Biden actually did what they accused President Trump of doing. That's what actually, this, this is the real deal. This is what actually happened. And the FBI knew it the whole time. And I, you know what, I'm getting a little tired too. And I, I hear some of, even my favorite political commentators say this. Well, it's just the higher ups at the FBI. Bull crap. The FBI is freaking corrupt. They're corrupt. They're sitting there with a computer that shows that President Trump was completely and totally justified in asking about the comings and goings of Hunter and Joe Biden, the most corrupt Batman and Robin that have ever existed, what they were doing in Ukraine. He had absolutely the right, as the number one law enforcement officer in the country, the President of the United States, 
He had ever, absolutely. He never put a quid pro quo out there. He never said if you don't do it, you're not getting funds. That never happened. All the funds were released early. That that you, that the Ukraine needed. So as usual, it comes down to the Democrats accusing you of doing what they're already doing. And what they were really doing was using this to hide what their presidential candidate, Joe Biden, had actually done. Just like they used, what do you got here? Democrats impeach Trump for the crimes Joe Biden committed. That's exactly right. And it's just like in the, the collusion thing, the, the, all the, what happened with Russian collusion. You have John Brennan, the head of the CIA, goes in and briefs President Obama. Now, when you brief the president, you know, this is not a casual conversation. You brief the president on things that you have checked, double checked, triple checked, quadruple checked, quintuple checked, because you don't ever brief the president on something that isn't verified because you could start a nuclear war. John Brennan, the CIA director, goes in, and he's a corruptocrat himself, John Brennan, Brennan, just as corrupt as Obama is, goes in and briefs Obama that the Rus- that they have Russian intel, that the Russians are aware of a plot by Hillary Clinton to falsely claim that Donald Trump is colluding with Russians. And they're concerned that the Russians are going to play into that, actually feed Hillary Clinton's false story more false information. So where's Trump and all that? Completely and totally innocent. So what do they do? Investigate Trump and get four FISA warrants, foreign intelligence surveillance warrants against Carter Page and the Trump campaign and send spies into the Trump campaign. For what? For what? He did absolutely nothing. This was all, this was a coup. This is criminal. John Durham had better prosecute these people. And I mean, all the way up to Obama. Explain to me how you go in there, into this meeting with John Brennan, with James Comey, the head of the FBI. You're telling everybody, Susan Rice, all the rest of the corruptocrats, everybody in there, and you're telling them, you know what? We've just gotten Russian intel that the Russians are aware that Hillary Clinton is putting together a fraudulent story to say that Donald Trump is colluding with the Russians. How do you take that and investigate Donald Trump? Corruption. It's a coup d'etat. And these people need to go to freaking prison. Prison. Absolutely. James Biden. Let's talk some more about the Bidens. With no building experience whatsoever secured a $7 billion deal in Iraq. Well, who was, who was in charge of Iraq at that time? Oh, just Joe Biden to build 100,000 homes in war-torn Iraq. Remember, James Biden has as much experience building homes as Hunter does in natural gas and oil. Hillstone, his corporation, James Biden's corporation, also secured... $22 million in U.S. government, federal government funds to manage a construction project for the State Department. All in Iraq, all while Joe Biden was in charge of Iraq. Frank Biden, his other illustrious brother, <clears throat> Joe Biden lands in Costa Rica in 2009. Now, why is this significant? <clears throat> 
because this was the first visit by a high-ranking official to Costa Rica since 1997. So you have Joe Biden lands in Costa Rica in 2009. It had been 12 years since anybody significant had ever gone to Costa Rica. So nobody from Clinton, nobody from Bush. Bush, uh, you know, Bush got elected twice. Eight years of Bush went there. Basically, nobody in the last three years of the Clinton administration. None from Bush. Nobody from Obama up to this point. But here comes Joey. Joey Biden goes down to Costa Rica. Well, I wonder why. Now, he went down there right at the same time that Frank Biden was working on deals in that country. Lo and behold, the vice president of the United States chooses after a 12-year hiatus from the country. He decides to land there right when his brother Frank is starting to work out deals in Costa Rica. Shock of all shocks. Just months later, in August of 2009... Frank Biden becomes part of a newly announced multi quote multilateral partnership to reform real estate in Latin America. Shocking. Frank Biden's vision for a country club in Costa Rica receives support from the highest levels of the Costa Rican government. Another shock. Despite once again, no building experience whatsoever. In October of 2016, the Costa Rican government that's still under Obama time, the Costa Rican ministry signed a letter of intent with Frank Biden's company, Sun Fund, Sun Fund Americas, involving the operation of solar power facilities in Costa Rica. The previous year, get this, this was all set up by the Obama-Biden administration. The previous year, the Obama-Biden administration had authorized a $6.5 million taxpayer-backed loan for that very project that Frank Jane, Frank Biden landed. <laughs> what a surprise. Just millions of dollars flowing in to the Biden family. And then we have Hunter. Hunter arrived on Air Force Two with his father to China. Ten days later, he has a $1.5 billion deal with the China with the China with a Chinese government sponsored bank. Joe Biden, who never discusses any of these business dealings with his son, also met with the Chinese investors, including the CEO of the newly founded company by Hunter Biden and the CEO. Hunter Biden also received $3.5 million from one of the richest women, one of the richest people in Russia, the wife of the, of the former mayor of Moscow, $3.5 million dollars. From the New York Post, the report alleges that Hunter Biden also had business associations with Chinese nationals linked to the communist government and the People's Liberation Army, including energy tycoon Yi Yeming, who was jailed in 2018 on suspicions of bribery. So you got Hunter's former partners in jail. Now this guy from China in jail under suspicions of bribery. And he's associate Guangdong. These associations resulted in millions of dollars in cash flow. The report says adding that Hunter Biden and Guang opened a bank account to fund $100,000 in global spending spree with Joe Biden's brother, James, and James' wife, Sarah Biden. From a Chad Perquin tweet, Grassley Johnson. That's Senators Grassley and Johnson report says Hunter Biden paid non-resident women 
who are nationals of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who appear to be linked to Eastern European prostitution or a human trafficking ring. Woo! There's the Democratic Party's presidential candidate from the National Post and Bongino.com. During Democratic, Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's vice presidential tenure, his 26-year-old niece, coordinated the Obama administration's China approach as a special assistant to the Treasury Department's U.S.-China Strategic Economic Dialogue. Casey Owens, Joe Biden's niece, the latest member of the Biden family to benefit financially or professionally from the former senator's uh, connections, joined the highest level bilateral economic forum four years after graduating from college and a stint at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. She wielded considerable influence over the direction of U.S.-China relations. Woo! Unbelievable. It truly is. Get this. This is from 2019. I know this is a deep dive. I know it is. I want you to know who Joe Biden is. Middle class Joe is from the Washington Examiner. Cozied up to credit card companies and made filings that made filing for bankruptcy harder. Biden was a key architect of and whipped for the 2005 Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention Consumer Protection Act, which made it harder for consumers to declare bankruptcy. After the bill became law, bankruptcy filings fell by 70%. Delaware, lo and behold, based credit card company MBNA, was, which Bank of America acquired in 2006, was one of the most ardent supporters of the bill. Biden's Senate campaign committees received $208,000 from MBNA employees from 1989 through 2010. In total, Biden received $1,126,000 from those in the securities and investment industry, $304,000 from finance and credit card workers, and $295,000 from commercial bank employees. Biden's ties to MBNA and banks span beyond political contributions from its employees. Home sales, family jobs, and free trips caused, caused critics to dub him the senator from MBNA. In February 1996, MBNA executive John Cochran bought Biden's home outside Wilmington for the full $1.2 million asking price, while other similarly appraised houses at the time sold for around $100,000 to $200,000 less than asking price. MBNA then paid Cochran $330,000 that year for moving expenses, noting that he lost $200,000 due to the sale of his Maryland house. I, mean, I could go on and on with this. I mean, you really, you really could go on and on about it. Here's more about Hunter. Here's more about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden business associate flips from prison, releases emails detailing China influence peddling operation. I won't go into great details. It's just more information and that you can find on zero hedge. You know, one thing I always like to look into too, is it's not just Biden. Have you ever looked into the Clinton foundation? You ever looked into their finances? They're not much, they're not much of, of a, foundation anymore since none of them are in government but let's look back when they were because this is just all this is just six years ago this is 2014 this is their 2014 tax form this is the clinton charitable foundation right 
I'll read you this article. This is from 3C Corpnet. 3C Corp.net. 3C Corp.net. Here's what they write. It took 486 people who were paid $34.8 million and $91.3 million in fees and expenses to give away $5.1 million. That's the Clinton Foundation. That's what they actually turned over. This is what they're actually proud of. This is what they're not hiding. They paid 486 people $35 million plus $91 million. So basically $125 million to hand out $5 million in in charitable donations. Explain to me, where is the IRS? Where is the FBI? Oh, who's in charge of the FBI then? Uh, James Comey or Robert Mueller. Those are that, that's the sequential order. Robert Mueller, James Comey, Christopher Wray. Corrupt. This country is corrupt. We have to keep Trump in office. He's the only one that can clean out the swamp. Only one. He's the one who actually fires people like James Comey. Nobody else does it. Don't you think about that number? I won't go into any more details. I mean, it's 30 uh, salaries for the Clinton Foundation, $34 million. Fundraising fees, $850,000. Other, their travel expenses were $8 million. $20 million in travel and meetings to decide who gets $5 million. $20 million in travel expenses and meetings to decide who gets $5 million. Where's the FBI with the Clinton Foundation? Here's the latest and the greatest. Now, I read you everything up to this moment. Now, here is Rudy Giuliani. I want you to know how this worked. What happened was, is that the owner of the computer repair shop where Hunter turned his computer in, he tried... I'm not going to read you the whole story because it's long. He tried to turn it into the FBI. They basically said no, then came back to him again, and then subpoenaed him to for a grand jury. Actually copied, they never took possession of the hard drive. They just copied it. What, you, what do you call that, Aaron? What's the tech talk for downloading? A, is it downloading a hard drive? Yeah, just copying it. Co- yeah, copy the hard drive. All right, they never actually took possession of the actual hard drive. They copied it and subpoenaed him for a grand jury into crimes that nobody knows. This, his testimony is actually found. I'm finding the report for it here. But I got it. Yeah. It's found at the Gateway Pundit. If you want to know the full story behind, behind the uh, computer store, the computer repair store owner. So he tried to turn the FBI. They came. They copied it. Subpoenaed him to a grand jury into crimes. They don't, he has no idea what it was about. And then he was seeing what was going on, and he contacted Rudy Giuliani's office. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani's attorney got a hold of Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani said, yeah, go talk to the guy. Rudy's lawyer went and met with the owner of the computer repair shop. And now Rudy got the, lap, got the laptop. <laughs> so Rudy knows everything that's on there. Now here is what I would call the latest and the greatest from the Hunter and Joe crime consortium. Play it for me. I don't let them deny specific ones. We're going to put them out. Let them, let them say that the, the text from, from Hunter Biden to his daughter saying that for the last 30 years, Hunter Biden has been supporting the family. 
and that the father requires him to kick back 50% of his salary to the vice president. Let them say that's not true. And then let's go look at how Joe has these million dollar, multi-million dollar houses, and he's never made more than 150,000. Hmm. Everybody's always wondered, gee, how does Joe have these houses? I'll tell you how he has the houses. The bribe money that Joe's been collecting for 30 years goes to his brother and it goes to his son. And they kick back 50% to him and they cover all his bills, which is a, really a Chinese method of corruption, which is documented in the book by Schweiker, uh, Secret, em Secret Empires, Chapter 1. He describes how Americans like him, John Kerry, the Clintons adopted this Chinese method of take the money in, have your expenses taken care of, kind of the way Al Sharpton lives. <laughs> take, uh, have, have the money taken in. They pay for everything. I mean, do you know that Hunter Biden paid for his stepdaughter's entire, uh, I mean, half-sister's entire education? Why wouldn't Joe Biden pay for that education? Right, back to me real quick. Get the next one ready. What's wrong with this country? You heard the names there, and he's absolutely right. Whether it's Clinton's, Al Sharpton, John McCain, that's what they do. Okay, it's just like Bernie Sanders. What does he do? What he does is he collects, say, $100 million in campaign contributions. So now you've got to buy media, right, with, that, with those campaign contributions? Well, standard contract for buying media is whoever your consultant is that's buying the media for you gets 10% of whatever it is they're buying. So if they buy a million dollar, let's make it, we'll use one example. They buy $10 million worth of ads. The buyer gets a 10% commission. Guess who Bernie Sanders' buyer is? His wife. Yeah, That's how it's going in this country. Corrupt. Play the next one for me. When are we going to get to see? Well, you'll get to see it, but you, I mean, you're you, a prosecutor. We need direct evidence, right? Well, Not well, you, well, circumstantial you, evidence. Well, you already have direct evidence that you're ignoring. You have direct evidence of a of a of a memo that was put out, a text that was put out mm -hmm. that says specifically, "I have to, I I have to." Um, all during the time that I've uh, been disrespected, says Hunter Biden to his daughter, I've been the one who supported this family for 30 years. And unlike, uh, da unlike Pop, I'm not going to require you to give half your salary to me. I didn't write that. He did. He hasn't denied he wrote it. What does that mean? Why is, a son, why is a son giving half his salary to his father and paying all of his father's expenses unless the son is a, is a, is a conduit for bribe money? Mm -hmm. We used to call him a bag man. That's exactly what he is. And, and explain to me who would hire Hunter Biden. Hunter, yeah, uh, Hunter Biden is not just unqualified, he's a stone-cold drug addict. He was thrown out of the Navy three months before he got hired by the crooked Ukrainian for $2 million a year. That's actually what he was paid, $2 million a year. You think a, a crookedest oligarch in Ukraine is going to hire a, a stumble-bum drug addict to be on his board? Or do you think the more logical thing is that he was hiring the vice president who had just been put in charge of giving out all the money in the Ukraine. I think the second is much more logical than the first. Not only that, there are five witnesses that say that, hmm. that uh, nobody will bring to the United States. They're keeping them in uh, Ukraine because the inside the government is protecting Joe Biden. And if you want to get their testimony, go to rudyscommonsense.com, episodes <laughs> one through seven, and eight through 11. That's a pretty expert plug. They're all testifying there. 
No anonymous sources here. These are all people willing to come to the United States and testify that Joe Biden was paid somewhere between 12 and $20 million in bribes. The conduit for it was the ridiculous idea that Hunter Biden was going to be paid that kind of money. Hunter Biden, I don't think, ever showed up in Ukraine, much less did anything of any significance. He was a bag man, a conduit. And he explains exactly then the method of how he gets the money to Joe in what is a, a blockbuster. I, I don't think I've ever had a piece of evidence as strong as that in the 100 cases that I prosecuted. Back to what me. Say he so there you go, just real quick on that. What Rudy is saying too, I want you to catch this, is that there's actually five witnesses, including Victor Shokin, the prosecutor who was fired for no reason. It's actually on tape with Joe Biden speaking to the president of Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine says, I am having him resign even though he did nothing wrong. And that was all because that prosecutor was looking into Burisma, Hunter Biden's company. So anyway, there's five witnesses over there in Ukraine that the FBI refuses to talk to. Why? Why? What, what else do they have to do but enforce the law? I mean, a cop right here, 25 years. Uh, what else are you you're getting paid? FBI actually gets paid quite a bit of money. What exactly do they have to do except to interview witnesses in a criminal enterprise, which is absolutely blatant? It's absolutely blatant. There's five witnesses over there that will specifically testify that Joe Biden received what was the number 12 to 20 million dollars in bribes from Ukraine, from various Ukrainian sources. And yet nobody will go over and interview them. They're, they're, the witnesses aren't even afraid to come over. They're willing to come over under threat of perjury. They could be prosecuted here and never be released. And they're willing to come over. But yet nobody will do anything. Why? Because of Christopher Wray. Because of James Comey. That's why. We. This is a very, very corrupt country. Listen to this. FBI from the Gateway Pundit refuses. FBI refuses to provide answers to congressional inquiries related to Hunter Biden's criminal activities revealed in bombshell Senate report. From the Gateway Pundit, the FBI is once again stonewalling congressional oversight. Why? Well, we don't want to get politically involved. This has nothing to do with politics. If there's a crime, there's a crime. And listen, here's the thing. Well, like Hillary Clinton and her disappearing uh, emails where she erased all those uh, subpoenaed emails, acid washed her hard drive of 30,000, 33,000 emails. If there was no Benghazi, I wouldn't necessarily care that much. If, if there was, if there wasn't other things like Russian collusion that she was caught doing, I mean, that's what, I mean, I wouldn't really care. She's trying to hide some sort of, you know, minor infractions or whatever. Okay. Whatever. I don't want the FBI getting into that either, but when they're subpoenaing emails, she has repeated contacts with John Podestra, Podestra, who's over there deeply involved, Podesta, let me say it right, deeply involved with Libya, where Benghazi is, and all those disappear. I'd like to know about that. And she deleted all of those emails. And just so everybody knows too, all the crap that comes from the Democratic Party about how the DNC's hard drive was hacked by Russia, do you know nobody knows that that's true or not? And a lot of people that even, even Republicans will stipulate to that point. It's not, it is not a fact. Where did that hard drive go? It went to a company started by a former FBI agent who is corrupt and who is a Democrat. I don't know if he's corrupt. He's a Democrat. So he's probably corrupt. 
He founded a company called CrowdStrike. The DNC refused to hand over the hard drive they said was broken into by the Russians. They refused to hand that hard drive over. The Russians got into the hard drive and then gave it all to Julian Assange, who put it out on WikiLeaks. That's been their story. And a lot of people believe it. It's absolutely not true. There's no proof of that whatsoever. None. Zero. Just like everybody says, the Russians have been interfering in our elections for years. How did they interfere in our elections in 2016? They bought $200,000 worth of digital media ads, social media ads. That's all they did. That's all that's ever been found. And you still have Republicans on the Senate floor, on the House floor, saying, well, we we know the Russians are always interfering. They're buying ads on social media. How much are they interfering? What? How many ballots have they corrupted in comparison to the Democrats? So the FBI refuses to even do it. And so that, that DNC computer ended up in the hands of CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike report, released a report saying that the Russians possibly hacked in to the hard drive. Nobody even knows. And now the FBI, let me just read you the headline again, refuses to provide answers to congressional inquiries related to Hunter Biden's criminal activities revealed in bombshell Senate report. A couple weeks ago, Congressman Jim Jordan sent Director Christopher Wray of the FBI demanding answers on whether the FBI is investigating Hunter Biden's crimes. Nothing. They're getting nothing back. They're doing nothing. Why? Explain to me why. I mean, come on, $3.5 million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow. $3.5 million again from Burisma. $80,000 a month from Burisma. $1.5 billion from a bank that's funded by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, come on. I mean, come on, Frank Biden, a billion dollar, billions of dollars worth of contracts in Iraq for building houses and he's not a contractor. I mean, come on, FBI. This is why I'm telling you this country is corrupt. You have to have an outsider in the Oval Office. That's why they're so scared. That's why, what, you know how much money George Soros has put into this election so far? $70 million. Facts. That's a fact. Exactly what he's done. Now, on to the next story. Ilan Omar, another gem of all gems. The majority of Ilhan Omar's campaign funds, get ready for this, have been diverted to a firm. We got a picture of her somewhere I gave you. To a firm run by her husband has been, has been the source of plenty of controversy for her, but that hasn't stopped the money from flowing. Last time we gave, this is from the Bongino report, we gave an update on Omar's payments to her husband, Tim Minot. Tim Minot's firm, E Street Group, was at the end of July when, when payments then totaled just over $1.6 million, accounting for nearly half of her total $3.4 million spent on operating expenditures that election cycle. No stranger to campaign finance issues, Omar had previously been ordered to reimburse her campaign $3,500 after the Minnesota Campaign Finance Board found she illegally used campaign funds in 2016 and 17, and she was fined $500. The violating payments included reimbursements for personal travel expenses in addition to hiring a law firm for services related to an inquiry into her personal tax returns. Soon after she was hit with a 
FEC complaint, Federal Election Commission complaint in late August for allegedly using her campaign to illegally reimburse the travel expenses of Minot, her husband. The complaint was filed one day after Minot's wife, whoops, whoops, alleged he was having an affair with Omar. Travel expenses totaled 21000 and were not itemized, which is required. So she spent $21,000 on her affair with Minette, a married man at the time, as she had an affair with him. Now they're married. So, so far, I know she's been married three times in America. Once to her brother, once to somebody else, and now to a campaign staffer. It sounds like Joey Biden. You know how Joe Biden met Jill Biden? They say they were, they, he says that they met on a blind date. No, nope, 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 nope. Joey met Jill. She was a campaign worker. She was married. Very easy to find. I actually have it at home. I've got it stored still. She was a campaign worker, married, and her husband started to think, man, it's strange why his wife's going on a, a day of travel with Joe Biden. Yeah, it was strange. Later on, he lost his wife to Joe Biden. So here we go. This is, a, this is the uh, COVID-19 section of the show now. This is what I entitled Berlin, Berlin's Stand Against COVID Tyranny. This is some interesting stuff now. This is the, world's, the World Doctors Alliance. This is an interesting consortium of doctors. Don't worry about it. We'll just do this one. There you go. This is the consortium of doctors that are speaking out about the truth, speaking out about the real deal, the real facts behind COVID-19. They aren't, they aren't, this is not motivated by politics. These are doctors are on the front lines talking about the facts behind COVID-19. Play the first video for me. in Berlin around here. October 2020. We are here to announce the World Doctors Alliance under the roof of ACU2020.org. My name is Heike Schöning. I'm a medical doctor from Germany. I'm one of the founders of Ärzte für Aufklärung and the COVID-19 Extra-Parliamentary Inquiry Committee. We are doctors, scientists, and peace activists, and we are all saying together, this affair of COVID-19 is just not true. And we have the duty, especially as medical doctors, to speak out uh, the truth. And so I'm very delighted to have these international professionals today here in Berlin. All right, back and to me. Will- 
All right, Aaron, go ahead and write, play that next video for me. Go ahead. So as president of the World Doctors Association, I'm very happy to stand with these doctors today and to lead the march in Berlin, which will be hope will be millions of people so that all of the doctors, regulators, and politicians and people of the world will realize you can take off the masks and welcome to our side for freedom. Thank you very much. Yes. So these are the statements of experts, doctors, and our other scientists and activists all over the world. And we have this good message to the people. We see no evidence of a medical pandemic. So it looks like a pandemic. And we all together say, we don't want this new normal. Certainly. And we don't want to go back to the old normal because the old normal created this situation of new normal. We want a better normal and we want it together with you. Thank you very much indeed. So you can see where they stand. I skipped a lot of them. I have a lot of different testimonies on there. But this really, the lady that was sitting next to the head of that consortium of doctors, I have a separate video from her and it's absolutely earth shattering. She's a doctor from Ireland. Play the next video for me. Now said the number of deaths in Ireland because we've been, you know, making it known that the number for 1700 was exaggerated and that doctors and coroners cannot be incorrectly ascribing. And hundreds of people contacted me and said my elderly relative died of Alzheimer's, but on the death cert it says COVID-19. So we have already hundreds of people in Ireland that were willing to do a public inquiry and go through each of those deaths. But on the 9th of September 2020, CSO, Vital Statistics Q1, the number of deaths now that died of COVID-19 in December, January, February, March in Ireland is zero. Yeah, just because, so the first death was in April, right? That meant no death. Now, I'd been emailing as well and they confirmed it. But even though it's reported on the website 1778, right, on Euromomo and World, our world in data, they now came out and said the number of people. So, you know, it's like testing for the chickenpox or influenza A. All these big numbers that are positive on a COVID-19 test is just that they had influenza, you know, they could have died of something else. So in the CSO, and it's called the HSPC, the, the uh, Health Surveillance Unit, uh, have come out and said in a table, the number of people in Ireland, all 2020, that died of COVID-19 now is 100 in the whole country, 100. But of course, what we will be doing now, that only came out last week, is looking up each of those 100 deaths because they were preventable deaths. And if they happened after April, the Zelenko protocol, you know, the Raoul in France were publishing that it was widely available that hydroxychloroquine worked. Um, so those 100 deaths again. So we will be pushing back for the next one. They don't officially do the breakdown of those until November, but we will be making it known. We will be assessing each of those 100 deaths for the doctors because if a coroner, you know, actually one of those 100 was not COVID-19 because of course, if the numbers are low, it doesn't justify the lockdown. And it doesn't justify the elderly being isolated, which there's no need for. And it All right, back to me. There you go. You know, we heard, uh, you know, from the very beginning, you know, all the, and, and everybody knows the death count in America is, they say it's 210,000. It's not. 
It's just like what she said in there. People were in the same thing happening in Ireland that's happening here. She said, people went in and testified. They said, my parents died of Alzheimer's and it was put on the death certificate as COVID-19. We saw the, we saw the Illinois head health department uh, director say on national television, on national social media, you know, that we're counting everybody with COVID as a COVID death. So even if you're in hospice and you have two weeks to live from lung cancer and you die and we test you positive for COVID, we're counting that as a COVID death. So 210,000, really? You really believe that? I'm telling you that it's way, way, way less than half of that. That's the facts because this is being driven by people with a political agenda. Everybody who's hot and bothered right now with it. And it's a sad that there's, there's sycophantic um, Christians and Republicans that buy into it. Everybody who's the most hot and bothered over COVID right now. I'll show you in a picture in a couple minutes of Joe Biden with his double mask on. He's wearing two masks now. Everybody who's hot and bothered over COVID is a liberal Democrat. Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, the World Health Organization, which has now reversed its stance and said that lock that lockdowns were not the right thing to do. So let's look at this. Everybody ran to Trump. This is a deadly pandemic. Now, what's he supposed to do? And listen, I don't agree with everything. Trump shouldn't have given in to everything that he did. I'm not a, I'm not a sycophant for Trump either. Trump did things wrong. But mainly the people in charge were the governors, which is this is a republic. Democratic Republic. So the governors run their states and basically the people that destroyed this economy for six months were the governors and the ones that are still destroying it now are Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, Phil Murphy in New Jersey, uh, Andrew Cuomo in New York, Gavin Newsom, of which of all the unemployment applications in the United States, in the United States, one half comes from California. Those states are the ones that are still majorly locked down as well as Massachusetts, North Carolina, Virginia. With the exception of North Carolina, every single one of them is a blue state. And North Carolina is run by a Democratic governor. Of course, his last name is Cooper. So everybody ran to Trump and they were like, I love this list. I have this list here that I love to use. And I've used it twice before. I'm going to use it again. I'm going to use it quickly. Some of you have never heard this before. They ran to Trump and they said, this is a major medical emergency. All the governors, send us help. You know, send us the the National Army Corps of Engineers. Build us emergency field hospitals. Everybody's going to die. We're going to be overrun. Now ask yourself this question. Did you ever see your hospitals ever overrun? Now we're on about day 210, 210 of 15 days to flatten the curve. Okay, and there's still lots of people locked down right now, all over the world and all over this country. Lots of people in my community right here. If I step out of my car, 80%, 90%, uh, it's, it's 90%. I'm, being, I'm trying to be optimistic for myself, I guess. When I get out of the car at the grocery store, 90% of the people have masks on. Masks do absolutely nothing. They can't. It's not, they're not, it's not physically possible for a mask of any kind to block a COVID-19 particle. COVID-19 particle, 0.06 microns to 0.14 microns. An N95 mask blocks a particle the size of 0.3 microns, 
three times the size of a COVID-19 particle. And people are out wearing their stupid masks as if they're going to be saving people's lives. They do nothing. The CDC website says now, even contradicting the head of the CDC, who says that masks are your greatest defense against COVID-19, even better than a vaccine. That's a quote from Robert Redfield. His own website says that masks were never designed to prevent the wearer from getting COVID-19. That's on the CDC. Please pull it up for those of you who think I'm a conspiracy theorist. But I love this year. Everybody runs to Trump. Oh, save our lives. Send the Army Corps of Engineers out to build field hospitals because we're going to be overrun, right? Remember, that's what's going to happen. So let's look. Let's look Let's look what happened in many major cities in our country. So Trump sends them out. Trump believes it. You know what? Everybody's going to die. You know, it's a 99.9% survivable uh, virus, but, you know, 0.1 post-infection death rate. But you know what? Here we go. So he sends them out to Stony Brook, New York, builds an army field hospital there. Uh, the total cost was uh, $155 million. Stony Brook, New York, you can look this up, feel free. How many patients did they see? Zero. So then they built a Army Corps of Engineers hospital in Old Westerberry, New York. At the cost of $118 million. How many patients did it see? Remember, New York is overrun. Right? Oh, zombie overrun. Every hospital bed is filled, according to Andrew, the elderly butcher Cuomo. How many how many people did the hospital in Old Westbury, New York see? That was built by the Army Corps of Engineers due to the to flatten the curve. For the overflow of all the COVID patients. Uh, let's see. That's added up. Ready? Zero. Then you had one built in uh, Metro, the Metropolitan Pier and Exposition Authority. Oh, that was the name of the contractor. This was built. Oh, the facility is McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. An Army Corps of Engineer Hospital was built there. At the cost of $65.5 million, it saw a total of 37 patients. Then you had one built in White Plains, New York for for $46 million that saw zero patients. Then you had one built at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver for $34.6 million, which saw zero patients. Then you had one built in Walter Washington Convention Center in D.C. at the cost of $32 million. It was never completed and never saw a patient. But luckily, we all got to spend $32 million on it. Got to have that 15 days to slow the spread, right? They've got all these hospitals are overrun. But yet, lo and behold, the Army Corps of Engineer hospitals are seeing basically no patients. Memphis, Tennessee, at the Commercial Appeal Building, they built an Army Corps of Engineer hospital there, too, for $26.1 million. Was never completed and never saw a patient, but you did get to spend your $26 million. Miami Beach, $25.9 million. Never saw a patient. Elgin, Illinois, outside of Sweet Home, Chicago, it's built an Army Corps of Engineers hospital there for $18.2 million, never saw a patient. Melrose Park, Illinois, another hospital for $16.3 million, never saw a patient. Blue Island, Illinois, boy, Illinois is overrun with COVID, overrun. Built another one, Blue Island, Illinois, 
for a total of $15 million. Never saw a patient. West Ellis, Wisconsin, they built one for $15 million. Never saw a patient. Built one in Loveland, Colorado for $13.3 million. Never completed. Never saw a patient. Uh, you built one in Navi, Michigan. The uh, Suburban Collection Showplace is where it was built at for $11.7 million. Saw six patients. So explain it to me. Are these doctors wrong? Put up that next graph for me, Aaron. This, I've been showing this the last two times. Here's your excess deaths in America. This is how many people died. 2017, we averaged 234,000 deaths a month. 2018, 235,000 deaths a month. 2019, 239,000 deaths a month. 2020, 236,000 deaths a month. Explain to me where there's a pandemic. Explain to me where there's a pandemic. Put that graph back up. I need it again. Explain to me where this is a pandemic. So in 2017, you had a total of 2.8 million Americans die. Natural causes, right? Or of all causes. 2018, it went up a little bit to 2.83 million. And then 2019 went up a little bit more to 2.86 million. And so far this year, and we only have two and a half months left in the year, we've got 2.13 million deaths. Explain to me where there is a pandemic. No, Tom, remember, there's 210,000 deaths from COVID. The average age of the deaths on that list is 80. The average age of death in America is 78. So not to be coarse or mean or inconsiderate towards anybody's feelings, but most of those people would have died anyway of natural causes. They died with COVID, not of COVID. Let me give you the symbolism that I've given before. If you have a bus driver who's got Bill riding in the back and the bus driver decides I'm going to kill myself and drives his bus into a concrete pylon and kills himself, he died with Bill, not of Bill. Get it? That's what's going on in America because the CDC is corrupt. The NIH is corrupt. The NIAID, Anthony Fauci, is corrupt. Anthony Fauci's got his hands and financial interests all over the world. He is on the board of the Gates Foundation for Vaccines. He is corrupt. This country is corrupt. The FBI is corrupt. They've all got interests. They've all got political interests, and they are all against Donald Trump. This response to blow away, to absolutely obliterate our economy was to get Simply for the campaign is to be able to say, you know, how look how loud. I mean, look at stupid Biden says it all the time. Look how terrible our economy is. Yeah, it's bad because you destroyed it through a through a hoax response to a very controllable virus. The doctor from Ireland simply says it's a bad flu season. Listen, 80,000 Americans died in 2017 of the flu. Elon Musk came out and said, Sweden is right. Look at the, look at here. Here's Sweden. That's, that's their deaths. They did no social, they did, they let the, let people decide what they wanted to do, whether it was social distancing or not. They isolated their elderly, actually isolated them a little bit late. And this is what their country looks like. Look bad in March, bad in April, going way down in June, way down June, July, basically non-existent now. With no, with no measures whatsoever. No lockdowns, no anything. 
So why did it, why did we have to respond this way? To unseat a duly elected president because the World Economic Forum hates Trump. The people running the Great Reset hate Trump. The UN hates Trump. Bill Gates hates Trump. The World Health Organization hates Trump. So a virus is the perfect thing to destroy the best economy America has ever seen. The lowest unemployment rate in black black American history. The lowest unemployment rate for females. The lowest unemployment rate for Hispanics. And the lowest unemployment rate period since 1957. That's where we were. Can't have that because if you have that, he's going to sweep into re-election, right? Which he's going to do anyway, because right now we have a 7.9% unemployment rate, which is only three tenths of 1% worse than Obama's best. There you go. That's where we're at. This that's, this is all simply the truth. Here's from the gateway pun at 10, 11. They write someone tell the radical Democrats the World Health Organization backflips on lockdowns after global economy decimated and world's poor are starving. Yeah, dummies. Democrats never get it. Let's issue, let's let's put out some more stimulus checks. Make everybody stay home. The money eventually runs out. Dummies. Somebody's got to make product. Dummies. Eventually, there you can write as many checks as you want, but if you can't cash the check at the bank. Because there is no liquid cash anymore. The check is becomes worthless. Dummies. Eventually the money runs out. They found out the hard way. When you lock down everybody. And you burn crops. Listen right here local. The dairy, there's a dairy local here. Named Dakin Dairy. Pouring out all their stuff all over the ground. It's happened, it's happened by the billions of gallons. All throughout the, throughout the country. All throughout the United States. And I'm assuming throughout the world. Pouring out all the millions and millions of gallons of milk, burning, burning up crops. They don't just, you can't go, you know what? We need some more corn. So let me just get it today. You can't, it's gotta be crops. They're burned. There's no way to just make it happen. So people are now starving to death, to death. Because they depended on the United States economy, not to be in lockdown, the UK economy, not to be in lockdown, Spain. Portugal, France, Eastern Europe to not be in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And now people are starving to death because there's no food to give them. And there's no food to get to give them. So now the World Health Organization recently backflipped on this horrific miscalculation, the Gateway Pundit writes, and now admit the mortality rate of the coronavirus is slightly greater than the seasonal flu. After all this time, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, and now October, now they're calling it the flu. Where, where is everybody changing their ways now? Because I, I, I remember if you put down anything that contradicts the World Health Organization, if you put out anything on social media, that contradicts the World Health Organization, you got taken down immediately. Doctors were taken down immediately. Why, why, why is everybody not reversing themselves now? Why is Andrew Cuomo not reversing himself? Why is Joe Biden not reversing himself? Why? Because it's not politically expedient. That's not going to help to get President Trump unelected. That's not going to help to usher in socialism. When you have the elite of the elite controlling the have-nots, that's socialism. Andrew Cuomo believes he's an elite of the elite along with his stupid brother, Chris. They believe they're elites of elites like Oprah. 
And they're going to be at the top of the Politburo disseminating out crumbs for the masses. They don't realize that eventually it comes for them too. That's what they want. Trump's in the way. You can't. You can put a Bush in there. Put a Jeb Bush in there. You just steam right all over that coward. You put Trump in there. He's in the way to ushering in your socialism, your socialist utopia, Democratic Party. You know the Democratic Party's platform of socialism, the mark of the beast, one world order, cashless society. That's what. That's what this is all about. In this past week, after the global economy was decimated, the World Health Organization backflipped again and admitted lockdowns are a horrible idea. So they now say it's the seasonal flu, that we never should have locked down. Seven months into lockdown, the World Health Organization has backflipped on its original COVID-19 stance after calling for world leaders to stop locking down their countries and economies. Dr. David Nabarro from the World Health, Health Organization appealed to world leaders yesterday, which was 1010 telling them to stop using lockdowns as their primary control method of the coronavirus. Play that Sky News report for me. Meantime, the World Health Organization, of which I have been deeply critical and remain deeply critical, is often used by people as the ultimate body to justify some of the worst lockdowns and behaviours of this whole thing. Well, I want to introduce you to a person from the World Health Organization who says, guess what? Lockdowns are a bad idea. This is a reversal of the position of the World Health Organization, which of course followed their reversal on masks, their reversal on how deadly this thing was going to be, their endless reversals, but here it is, you can see it for yourself, a representative of the World Health Organization talking about Melbourne-style lockdowns and how no longer should they be how we deal with this. I want to say it again, uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as a primary means of control of this virus the only time no we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize regroup rebalance your resources protect your health workers who are exhausted but by and large we'd rather not do it he continues about why and what the consequences are because it's fine for the upper middle class people who go what will we watch in the cinema room tonight and the poorest amongst us, who are the ones who are smashed by the lockdowns, including poor kids who can't go to school. Look what's happening to poverty levels. It seems that we may well have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition because children are not getting meals at school and their parents in poor families are not able to afford it. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so, we really do appeal to all world leaders, stop using lockdown as your primary control method, develop better systems for doing it. But what back to me. So to quote him, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever belittle. This is from the World Health Organization now, seven months into lockdowns that they themselves recommended. Remember, they said it was the, the plague of the century. I still hear conservative freaking commentators saying that this is a plague. It is not a plague. Where are the body wagons? Where are they at? Where are the dead people all over the street? It's not a plague. When the bubonic plague hit Europe, it killed half the population. That's a 50% death rate. That's not a 50% post-infection death rate. That's a 50% that you have a chance of surviving death rate. What's COVID-19? Well, let's look. Let's look. I know we're going to break these out, but why not? 
What's COVID-19 survival rate? Ready? It's COVID-19 survival rates from the CDC website. Feel free to pull them up and check on it yourself. What's the COVID-19 survival rate? Zero to 19 years of age, 99.997. 20 to 49, 99.98. 50 to 69, 99.5%. 70 plus, 94.6%. Locked down the, the, the World Health Organization. And the, it's still conservative pundits and Christians. This is a plague. No, it's not. I don't need to espouse my compassion by strapping on a face diaper for those survival rates, you dummies. Lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever belittle, the World Health Organization says. That guy that was just talking. And that is making poor people an awful lot poorer, he said. A doubling in poverty, a doubling in child nutrition, which means a doubling a doubling of child malnutrition, which means what? That's just code language for a doubling of child starvation. So I want to ask all, my favorite person out there right now, my favorite person, pastor and Christian love, pastor love. Where are you at now? Doubling, but you locked down your church. You told all your people to mask up. You're taking temperatures when they come into the church, aren't you? Social distancing, got plastic bags over half your toilets, don't you? Where are you at, Pastor Love? Got doubling of the world of, of child starvation going on right now, Pastor Love, because of you. Tom, it's not my fault. I was just one of many people that locked down. Church leads the way. Church sets the precedent. Whether people acknowledge it or not, I don't care. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You set the precedent. You make the decisions. The world will follow you. And what did you do? It presents you. Would you hear those rates? 99.997 survival rate and you close your church? Over what? Over what? What are you wearing a mask for right now? Ask yourself that question. What are you wearing a mask for? 99.997 survival rate? What are you doing? That's why they're reversing. They all know. That's why you see Maxine Waters get caught without a mask. Diane Feinstein gets caught without a mask. They don't care. They know it's very survival. Look at what happened with President Trump. 74 years old. Slightly overweight. Catches the virus. Nobody even knew he had it. He's out of the hospital. They only brought him to the hospital out of, for precautionary reasons. All he ever had was a tickle in his throat and a slight temperature. And he's 74 years old. And he's already campaigning. He didn't even, what, he didn't even have to wait the 10 days. He qualified for the debate. The debate was supposed to be, what is day 17th? Four days ago, the debate was. He already qualified. He already tested negative before that. Biden's just too big of a coward to actually get up there and debate him. It has nothing to do with COVID either. Here's an interesting thing for everybody to realize. Pastor Love. Ready? Pastor Virtue. Oh, look at me. I wear my mask. Got my church name on it. Oh, golf life. Abundant life. Your mask wearing. Why is you, as you ignore the Bible? And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You ignore the Bible and you think you're virtuous? 
No plague shall draw near my dwelling. Well, you know, we got to use wisdom. No, that's not in the Bible. No, thank you to that statement. It's not a Bible verse. No, thank you. So what do we have this year? Now, this was yesterday, so we're now over 34, just so you know. We've had 33,780,478 abortions this year in the world. And we've had 1 million COVID deaths, allegedly. And that's with all the false attributions to that count. You can cut that down by 80%. That's what the doctor from Ireland said. And that's what our own stats say, by the way. 210,000, about 10,000 of them died exclusively of COVID. That's, that's correct. The rest of them had an average of two to three serious comorbidities. That's on the CDC website. So basically 34 million abortions this year so far. So 34 million dead people. And you don't think they're a person? Play that video for me. That's not a person? Not a person, huh? You sure about that? You're going to testify before your God that's not a person? Looks like a person to me. 34 million of them dead this year. Dead this year. And Pastor Love won't even mention it from his pulpit. It's not a person. I think that's a person, right? I think that's a person. And 34 million of them are dead this year. Allegedly 1 million from COVID. How many people died of cancer so far this year? 6 million. 34 million to 6. Abortion versus cancer. It's corrupt. We are living in a corrupt country. And you know the path out? I'll finish right here. You know what the path out is? You and me. You and me. This outpost of freedom right here, Inglewood, Florida, Foundation Church. We're an outpost of freedom. Why? Because tomorrow morning, you know what I'm going to preach? This is why I'm going to preach right here. This is why I'm going to preach tomorrow morning. I don't preach this and I don't say the verses and then put, but you got to use wisdom after it. I preach the verses and I say, stand in it. Stand in it. I don't preach it and say, you know, let me filter it with my wisdom, with my love. No, I preach the word of God. Join me tomorrow morning right here. 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. 9 a.m. first service, 1115 a.m. second service. We preach the Bible. We preach hellfire brimstone. We preach prosperity. We preach that God wants you well. God wants you healed. You know what that? You know why I preach all those things? Because it's called full gospel. I preach you're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That God wants you to win every time. That's just the Bible, and that's why I preach it. And it is the way out of this. James four seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's what we're supposed to be doing, not acquiescing to COVID nineteen. The COVID-19 response is of the devil. And we're not to be acquiescing to it and grabbing our ankles to it. We're to be actively fighting against it. And we will do that tomorrow at this church. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for tonight. I thank you for everybody that's watching. I pray, Lord. I pray your blessings upon them, your abundance upon them, your winning upon them. In Jesus' mighty name. Join me here tomorrow. Google that, 3385 South Access Road. Make the drive and be here tomorrow. I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.